So welcome today, my guest, the beautiful, Yay. colorful Daniela Gatharios, also known as Daniela Mandala, the founder of Soha School of Healing Arts. I just signed up for her online course, which is epic. I'm just so excited. I can't wait for July. Soha Starlight, which is one of her online courses. She is a natural acupuncturist in the yoga world, teaching for 17 years. She's been around the world, I don't know how many times. And she is just such a magnificent creator and manifester right now living in Bali mother of almost a four-year-old and I can't wait to talk to you about women empowerment empowered choices the flow of life and all of the good things mm -hmm. that make life precious and alive and so welcome welcome Daniela Thank you so much. Thank you. It's an honor to be here with you, Julia. I've always seen you through years and years and years, always in Thai massage courses, Sunshine House, Greece, Mexico, America, all over the globe. So it's an absolute honor to co-create here with you and empower women to um, carve pathways of beautiful realities, thank you. Daniela, I would like to start with, um, the both of us have been living a vagabond life for quite a while. Traveling the globe, getting inspired, studying a lot, training, practicing. Um, and there's been a point for the both of us um, where there was a moment to ground. And um, what, I, what I'm, excited about to hear you speak about is what was the moment for you to realize to settle down and how did you choose where to <laughs> oh beautiful question um i'm gonna answer that question and before coming into the question just going to open the space for a little we channel and ground and open our channels and become vessels and breathe into the lower belly and just a moment of appreciation and gratitude for you and for all the messages and the teachings that are going to come through both of us and any listening here so just a little moment of grace to offer this call and all of your beautiful questions. May these words empower women, empower our pathways, support each other, contribute to our realities and help each other grow. Mm. Thank you. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Um, it's very important for me always to open with prayer just so we recognize divine intervention and grace and um, in this women's work that you're doing right now at this moment uh, 
choosing the right words that are meant to be heard and that are meant to be here with all of our hearts. So aho to that. Thank you so much for this space. Aho. <laughs> and speaking about grounding and what took me to ground in Bali um, was my baby, Theo. Um, he was one year old and I was gonna come here to Bali to teach a yoga teacher training um, with who was my partner at the time, uh, my baby's father and my good friend, Carlos Romero. And what happened is that I split up with the father of my child, and Juan Carlos, who he's my very, very dear friend now, and we love each other and we co-parent. But at that moment, we were having a really rough time. And so I found myself uh, after a breakup being a single mom, and I was really afraid to be a single mother because that was my greatest fear and that's exactly what I manifested <laughs> and so at this very moment he um he fell in love I'm just gonna be very raw and very open um he fell in love with my baby's godmother who was my dear sister so <laughs> Um, it was truly magical the way that I had to experience pain um, in a way that permitted me, my Mexican, you know, being, because in Mexico, the concept of family is like mom, dad, and child. So for me, that concept was pretty solid. And I didn't understand how to break that concept and how to become a in that moment, a, a family of us being a single mother, um, with him flying away to a different continent to be with my sister. So for me, it was really, really raw. And with that, I also want to mention that we all go through so much mess and so many things and so many thresholds that we need to break through. And just recognizing that each one of us has our own mess that then becomes our message and our empowerment. Because once we've been through the fire, then we can come back with buckets of water and be like, okay, this, this right here, I've been. So this is how, this is a medicine, this is a herb, this is the diet, this is the teaching. <laughs> um, and so I was in Bali by myself and I had all these beautiful Balinese women ready to help me be a single mother. So I chose to stay there because I didn't have anywhere else to go. And I, I felt safe and I felt held by Mama Bali. She was like, we've got you. And all this beautiful culture that love babies. I call Bali the single mom refugee camp <laughs> because it was just so much easier to raise my child in that moment um, by myself. Uh, so sorry for opening with such a powerful story, but this is the real truth. This is the, the reality behind the story in my perspective. <laughs> well, thank you very much. I, I can relate to that uh, so powerfully in all of my travels. I think Bali, well, also all of Asia, but Bali for sure was the place where 
any cafe we went to, Leah was taken from my arm onto a mama, taken into the kitchen and being showed around. And, and I was sitting there with Pascal and just having like the most amazing, I mean, it could, it could not have been better, you know, having a babysitter at home would not have been, it would, could not have been better than being so taken care of wherever we go. And then I, I flew, I remember I had a direct flight from Bali to Berlin to teach and I went as a single mom because Pascal couldn't come. I went to Berlin and I was in a cafe and the first thing that happened was Leah was just, you know, kind of strolling around in the cafe. She was like a year old, just walking and doing her thing. And like the, the cafe owner had a very mean look on her face saying that, um, I hope you're going to clean up after your child once she's done. And I was just like, oh my God, this is so, this is so rough and so mean. So I can, I can relate very much. And I had many, many incidences in, especially in Germany. I think Germany is the meanest country to children where it was like, you know, shut down or, or quiet your children, make sure they don't run around and make sure they sit there being quiet and don't move. And um, so I hear you, I hear you. Daniela, you, once you were in Bali and you moved through your fire and your medicine, um, it seems like in that online course that has so many beautiful images, the poetry I read in your Instagram account, the work that I see from you, your uh, yoga teaching, the teaching methodology, your acupuncturist study, it seems like there is a whole lot of blossoming happening at the moment where there is a lot of beautiful creation coming through. Um, tell me something about the Soha School of Healing Arts, your, uh, your concept of teaching, where it is right now and where you're taking it. Yeah, okay. Um, so, what happens when you go through shadows that are so strong and through thresholds that can bring you to the dot of your being um, is that we create some kind of strength in your spirit, some kind of Durga power, something, something in the spirit of, you know, motherhood or even service doesn't really have to be like we are all mothers, even men. So something in that spirit of resilience comes into full power blossoming. Once you go through a threshold that is taking you to your deep, you know, to your deepest truths, you are kind of doing the inner work. And as we do the inner work, um, I was living beside my teacher, Swamiji, Swami Bahishananda Saraswati. He's from the lineage of Swami Dayananda Ji, um, our beautiful lineage of traditional Vedanta. And I've been studying with him for seven years and then came here four years ago and uh, encountered him again. And he was my neighbor when I was you know, going through the breakup, I moved to a house and he was my neighbor. So I used to go to satsang and have the opportunity to just listen to the teachings, which were the teachings that brought me out of my, you know, of my black hole. And the most powerful teaching that I got from there is, you know, less reaction. He kept saying, 
less reaction, less frequency of reaction, less intensity of reaction, sooner recovery. And so he, there's a book by Diane G. it's called The Value of Values. And this book um, pretty much tells you all of the values that will strengthen your spirit. And that these are the values of Dharma that Krishna teaches Arjuna in the Mahabharata. Right, and he talks about these 20 values, um, besides the yamas and niyamas that we have been teaching for many, many years. All of these values, he said, if you give value to the value, then you understand it with every single one of yourselves. Because he, he used to say, a value is really my value when the value of the value is very valuable to me. <laughs> A value is really your value when the value of the value is very valuable to you. And how do you make values valuable is by really reinforcing the ones that are, you know, you know, the ones that you're having, um, you're limping from. So in your value structure, the more you polish the values, these are going to polish the diamond of your presence and of your growth. And so what I understood is that my reaction, I was not going to react against my sister or against my child's father or against, you know, the community of all the people that, you know, used to be my family, my chosen family. I wasn't going to react to that, but I had the altar. I had my altar and I could react and settle accounts with God and with divine grace and with whatever life was bringing into me with full glad acceptance and being like, if I'm calling this into my life, if this is happening into my life, it's because I chose it somehow. And this is teaching me something that I need to know. Obviously, when you're in the shithole, nobody tells you that you're going to be using these tools and that there's the other side and that you're going to go through it. So you need to really have a lot of faith and how you create the faith is by really strengthening these values. And these values are like any other values like ahimsa and shanti and accommodation and you know, all of these. And you know, to know a value is just to do, never do to someone what you don't want them to do to you. This is just the universal law of life. If you're like, yeah, but which are the values? It's just not doing anything that you wouldn't want anyone to do to you and then doing what you would want to do to you. Like, it's just very simple. You don't have to be like this structure or these twin values. This is what it is just like really giving power to honoring and respecting life and respecting the sisters and respecting the falling in love and respecting the process that you're going through and you're respecting the pain and just being like in front of the altar julia for six months screaming in pain to shiva and to nila kantaya like ah, like screaming in pain but that was my escape that was my exit door to not create more pain because if i react to whatever story is unfolding and I create more pain, then what you give is what you get. And you'll just keep receiving pain and pain again. So I said, I will honor the pain that I'm receiving and I will keep it to myself and I will charge it into my prayers and I will not create more pain with this. 
And I held that mantra so strong that it gave me a strength of the thousands because I felt I was in my power of my values. I felt much more grace and much more empowered with any other project. And even if nobody knows, you know, and every one of yourself is watching you. And so you become that. You become a light, a channeling, you know, vessel of light because you are following your values and people trust you. And then it was all growth from there. It ended up happening that, you know, the father of my child came back to Bali, you know, they split up, he came back. Um, obviously, my son got sick for about six months going in and out of the hospital whilst, and there was many other layers of the story where I didn't have money and I had to pay the hospitals and, and people from all over the globe started donating because I didn't have insurance. And then one year later, like this, my, my partner appeared in my life and I just never thought I would ever feel what it feels to have a family. And at some point I was breastfeeding and I was ashamed because, you know, breasts are meant to be sensual and sexy. And this was my new partner and I had a baby that wasn't his. And I would just like escape and go into the balcony to kind of breastfeed, not in front of him. And I went out to watch the paddy fields and I was watching the Balinese fields and I was just sitting there. And he came behind us and he held us both with his big, huge arms. And he just took us in. This was the moment that my heart broke into a thousand pieces and I became an ocean of tears understanding family doesn't have to be biological, you know? And, and there's other possibilities that are here. And now, them two are super good friends. They go flying paragliding together. They surf together. We're like a different family that loves each other and that forgives each other and that understands each other. And you can empower your story by, you know, I could say, oh, I felt abandoned or he left and they both betrayed me. And the words that you're using are so key. And then I chose to say, hey, you know what? They fell in love. And this is something that you also have to honor. And it's like, I could choose to be the victim and, and I can also choose to be empowered by the story. And this is why I am where I am right now. And I can be an inspiration for all those mothers that don't have the perfect family out there, you know? And so really, um, singing to Saraswati, in this case for me, who's the goddess of speech and wisdom. And she was really fine tuning in my prayers, the words that I was choosing to tell my story with. So, um, yeah, <laughs> sorry, I went to so many other places. I just, you know, this is what's coming out for, for me. Everything came from the teachings. So thank you, Swamiji. Well, thank you for thank you for sharing the story and that depth i think it's uh, you know often from the outside when we see just the creations of the uh of teachers when we just see um the finished product you know that is 
mostly if we if we're in love with the elegance and the the the, um, the colors and the beauty then it just it's this sparkling kind of shiny thing like the lotus and we often forget when we just see the blossom and the beauty that there is a very deep root that connects into the earth of the mud of the darkness and the shadow and the pain and the grief and the and that only only if we get to connect it all it's going to become a sustainable um cycle you know also knowing that we, we we go through there is a moment of blossoming and there is a moment where it's going to go inside again and where there is a new creation being cooked but in that cooking process it can be it can be quite a lot of <laughs> pressure and transformation and just really what the shiva image shows you know the the to really let go and maybe also destroy like that that destruction process before something new can really truly arise and i think it's it is very and i don't think i feel because i went just with you through that story and i had goosebumps and tears in my eyes and i think it's very powerful to hear so we can each of us we can get intimate with where we are at in the cycle of life and honor that place and come back to exactly what you said the faith that when when we really listen and when we really go when we really get intimate and really go in there where we are that there is something that is going to be the revealed faith, the faith and the values just strengthening the values as when you're saying what you're saying about like being inside that mud and really honoring the shadow of it and this is a mantra that really helped me also is the shadow serves the light and we need to remember that mantra the shadow serves the light the shadow is a servant of the light and once you understand what shadow really is it's this raw stone but what happens when stone is compressed in pressure and time is the stone becomes a crystal. That's a natural phenomenon of the earth. This is the metal element in the Chinese medicine. Um, and diamonds and crystals and quartz are created with pressure and time, you know? And through time and maturity and pressure, this, this rammed earth becomes, becomes the quartz. And this is where you say, well, this is where the gold, this is where the inner gold comes through. This is why the shadow is the servant of the light because it's pressuring you. So you beam into this full spectrum crystal. <laughs> as, you're, resilient. as you're bringing up the gold, I remember a story from Tara Brach, the, the golden Buddha that has been um, living over years with the, with, a layer of mud so when the enemies came to uh in invade the country they wouldn't see the golden buddha that was like the most precious um the most precious statue of the spiritual community and when they found it again and they were taking off the clay and they saw the gold underneath and she uses the story that often to protect ourselves 
we put those layers around us and they are often, they often go back very deep into our childhood, right? The, um, the strategies of survival that we have, you know, in order to be loved, in order to be recognized, in order to be acknowledged. And often, you know, that Shiva energy that you talked about and also those really big, deep, painful stories that we have in our life often take us to the place where we take off the clay and it's painful and it's scary. But yeah, what we see when we really go deep enough is that we see the gold. So beautiful. But Daniela, I want to get more practical because people can, uh, pe people can study with you. And I want to come back to the Soha School of Healing Arts. I'm, I'm, I'm really happy that we talked about the, how the Soha School of Healing Arts has manifested for you. But now there is a whole set of very wise, super beautiful opportunities to come study and I guess going through that process for themselves. So tell us, tell us more. You got those online courses. Soha uh, Starlight, and there is another one. I don't remember the title. Tell me, tell me all about it. Okay, so we, um, this is another topic about resilience is um, understanding that all of the situations in the planetary grid are taking us to different pathways and different, you know, coming outside of the the square that you've built and just destroying that and creating a different reality and just saying yes, just like water, you know, swiftly and softly following the path of less resistance. And so uh, the path for me was very obvious because I've been teaching uh, these trainings for years and I wanted to keep sharing these trainings and I had two years already booked of trainings and I had to cancel all my events. And I was like, okay, this is the online opportunity. And so my 300 hour, I have a 200 hour um, yoga teacher training and the 300 hour to make the 500. And I divide the 300 into three modules because I like slow food and because there's so much information, right? And so uh, one of them is Soha Elements, which is traditional Chinese medicine meeting yoga and Thai yoga massage. And this is Soha Elements has seeds, 50 hours and starlight, 50 hours. So seeds is more about like you drawing your meridians, understanding the elements, going through yoga sequences for each one of the elements and bring them, bringing them into whatever you're teaching, either you're a coach or a yoga teacher or just a mother that wants to heal her children or, you know, herself, you know. Seeds is kind of like Chinese medicine for you. And starlight is Chinese medicine for you and as a space holder to give an offer Thai yoga massage to give and also including meditations. So these both are Soha elements. These both are Chinese medicine. And that's the first module of the 300 hour. And then I have lucid flow coming up, which is mandala vinyasa. And I'm actually teaching how to sequence and how to create flows and how to you know, embody all of these teachings, the Vedic teachings and the, you know, the mythology and how the teachings are kept alive in the myths and what the teachings of the Vedas, like what are the gems behind the mantras and behind all of the, the Vedic teachings into your sequencing. So it's 
teaching methodology with mantras and myths and all of it. It's like a lucid, it's lucidity. It's like, you're gonna slurp your fingers kind of thing. <laughs> I love the sparkle in your eyes. People won't be able to see this, but you are, I mean, your eyes are starlight. I just wanna dive into you. I'm like, I'm in, I'm in, Daniela. <laughs> So yeah, these are a little bit of my offerings. Obviously I'm offering uh, ceremonies at the moment. Yesterday I did a cerrada ceremony for our abuelita uh, in the community. I was closing up her bones after birthing all her stories and we're also uh, guiding cacao ceremonies, all kinds of ceremonies here in Bali where we just get to hold space for you know divine, channeling that wants to come up and healing that wants to come up. So um, holding natural acupuncture as well. I have a clinic here in my home and just, this is why it's called, like this is why Daniela Mandala. We are like flowers. We can't, we can't just carve one thing and then it, we're, we have a thousand petals. And the key to manifesting what you want mm. in life mm. is doing what you love mm. and doing it with all your heart and being in alignment. You, you brought your family tree. You brought your family tree. And this is very important um, because in the family tree, we've got the kidneys, right? And the left kidney is your mother and your right kidney is your father. And that left kidney the time dimension that the kidneys have is a spiral that goes present, past, and future. And in that family tree, the mothers and the women hold present, past, and future because we hold the ability to reproduce and you know, to keep teaching our generations. So we hold this memory in our, in our cells. You know? And in the family tree, your pathway is going to be carved by your natural skills. So you need to know which ones are your gifts. And that's what mother tells us, who you are. And then father tells us what you have to do with these gifts, right? So you grab these two teachings from your kidneys. And in the family tree, we need to honor both sides, what you need to continue and what you need to correct. Because most of the times you're going to continue 40%-ish and you're going to correct 60%. So you need to honor in your mother and your father what virtues you are embodying from generation to generation that are virtuous and continue with these virtues, continue with these natural skills and gifts, and then which ones you're here and meant to correct. And so by being in peace with, what, with your family tree and acknowledging what yes and what no, then you're acknowledging the mud and the lotus, right? Then this is where you're like, okay, this is my whole me and I'm okay with this mud and I'm okay with this lotus and it's all a part of me. And once you acknowledge your family tree, the whole family tree is gonna honor you back. And the power of your plant, the power of that tree is coming through you and through your branches and what you're blossoming. And once you get that, it's like what you, what you honor is honoring you back. You honor, you protect the Dharma, the Dharma will protect you. You honor nature, nature will protect you. You honor your family tree, your family tree and your ancestors are with you. 
So we need to really just acknowledge that life is happening for us, with us, within. We are seeds of the universe, right? So remember who you are, <laughs> where you come from. So um, rich. It's so rich. Traditional Chinese medicine is so rich. It, thank you very much for sharing the uh, family tree. It's such a beautiful and powerful pathway to get from the, and I think that's what's happening in regular society too. And I realize that now that I'm in Germany and this like, I'm right, you know, confronted with this busyness and the getting so focused in the personal drama mm -hmm. that the reconnection to taking a bit of space and getting into the bigger perspective to see what's been happening for centuries and centuries and heal from that point of view to you know have that that's what we get through meditation right that moment of taking space and actually going into another another perspective of our, of our life and get a little bit of distance to see that's oh it's the same pattern again and so i always remember the uh definition of the sacred woman that with her present choices and the way she chooses her to live her life, she heals seven generations back into the future and seven generations into the past. And so this is exactly what you're speaking about with the honoring the family tree and honoring your gifts, the spadharma, that what you came with into this life. But there is a moment of correction. And I, um, what I love about the Chinese medicine is that it holds all of the extra power to give you the power to correct. Because what I see in regular society here is that there's a lot of people are so immersed into their everyday life that that moment, you know, that, that blink of consciousness is not there. And if it's there, it seems like the battery, the general energetic battery of people is so low mm -hmm. to make a sustainable shift needs 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 the acupuncture needs the space holder needs the facilitator needs the retreat mm -hmm. so um ah, daniela is so rich i'm so happy so happy we're, we're we're speaking this is so good um you you spoke about i don't want to um i want to make it whole you spoke about two um you spoke about the seeds the soha seeds and the starlight and the lucid flow there was a third one is that already created or is that still in the ether coming through um, thank you um that's called vaidika dharma and that i i taught already here in bali and that's having to do with the vedic teachings and psychosomatics and therapeutical yoga <laughs> so pretty much um, deciphering what your physical body is uh, expressing in a emotional, mental, in, in this matter, in this physical world, what does your shape communicate and why did you choose that shape? This is psychosomatics. Why, why do I feel pain in my right wrist? Why do I have big, you know, 
toes or why are my eyes more separate or why am I, you know, blind from here or why, you know, why are my ears one looking down? Like what, why does my belly, my arms, what is my body communicating? This is a psychosomatic of, you know, and this is also recognizing the imprint of where you're coming from. And then using therapeutical yoga and Iyengar from Juan Carlos, the father of my son, who's an amazing uh, Iyengar teacher and um, osteopath, osteotype practitioner. He is here to align your body back to physical alignment. Where does your head need to sit? How does your belly need to you know, adjust? Like how you get into your optimal alignment. And then we align from the cognitive and spiritual level with the Vedic teachings, where it's myself and Sharada, the invited guest teacher, my teacher, my Sanskrit teacher. Um, and we just go through the teachings and the Vedic teachings from the perspective of the Vedas and really align our cognitive and spiritual wings with, it's basically alignment of body, mind, and soul. Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> I'm, I'm super, this is such an interesting, such an interesting concept. And, you know, a year ago I signed up in Germany, you have the, uh, in order to be a therapist, you, if you're not a doctor, you have to go through a, it's, I think it's a naturopath would be the English translation, Heilpraktika. And the interesting thing is that it was the first time in 12 years that I went back into regular pathology. You know, in order to pass that test and offer acupuncture or call yourself a therapist, work with yoga therapy, you have to go through that test. And so when I went through the pathology, it was the first time in 12 years that I went back into the not knowing of regular medicine. Like most of it, the term is called idiopathy, idiopathic. And it's like, it all it, it basically it says that we don't know <laughs> like we don't we don't know why the body does it like and it's it, actually it's for 85 percent of the diseases that are that we know in modern uh in modern society is we don't know and when i went through this to study i was this was so unsatisfying like it 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 was just like almost impossible for me to study this because it was just there was for the patient there was nothing to do about this and so there was the only solution is medicine like which takes even more energy away from the body and so what i love about the vaitika dharma that you just talk about the course is that it brings back and we're back to empowerment right because this is what it's about when you say like when you ask the question why and the vaitika dharma gives you an answer and you get a pathway to work with what you might not be comfortable with, because this is usually, you know, the body giving you a sign of like, hey, listen, listen, here's a teaching. Are you willing? And if you're not listening, I'm going to go louder and louder until you listen to me. And then when we get quiet and really listen and we really pick up the information that's giving to us and do something with it. We're back in the Svadharma, we're picking up our own teaching that we come with. We actually get into a new state of our, of our lives. So um, when is it happening, Daniela, your course? When, where, 
where can we where can we dive in? The Vaidika Dharma is not filmed yet. It's still in ether. I mean, it happens in real life. Once the borders open, I'm coming back to teaching trainings. But at the moment, I'm focused first on the um, elements and now lucid flow. And then that's like the third one. It's like the third level of like understanding yourself from like. <laughs> It's either going to happen live or online soon. And um, yeah, this that you mentioned in how to recognize, you know, in the holopathic medicine as opposed to natural medicine. And this is what in Chinese medicine, you don't look, you don't change. If a flower is not blossoming, you're not changing the flower. You're changing the environment. So you're not, this is what the holopathic medicine is like, oh, I have pain in my leaf. So you're, you're looking at the shoulder, you're dissecting the shoulder, you're talking about the deltoid and the humerus and, you know, but then yes, but the shoulder, what is it in the environment? I mean, if the flower is not blossoming, is it getting enough sun? Is it sleeping early? You know, uh, is it receiving enough water? Uh, is it surrounded with enough space? You know, and and so understanding that the body, just like our earth body, because we don't just have a human body, we have an earth body, we are a part of the earth, we are neurons and cells of the planet herself. So if we understand that we all work as a unit, and do you understand the environment of who you are, then you know that a shoulder is not just a shoulder standing by itself. And this is the contrast of the natural medicines where it's like, okay, let's look at the whole picture. Let's look at the whole environment. And this is where you're saying like, how do we do it? We go to acupuncture, we go to sessions, yes. And step one is going to be always sleeping early. And as you say, taking time to rest and rejuvenate and sleeping from 9 p.m. to 5 a.m. This is the first step and the best tip that I'm gonna give you for the rest of your life. Drinking high quality water, recommend Kangen water, whatever water you have that is high quality, sleeping early, resting and regenerating, you know, using socks when the floor is cold, just keeping your energy and, and you know, using that energy because you said most of us, you know, get this level of battery and the, the battery keeps coming down. And so we go to the batteries. And if the kidneys are happy, everyone is happy, you know? So if you don't know where to start, you always start by resting and listen and just coming back to space, you know? So yeah, thank you for that reminder. <laughs> right. mm -hmm. So good, the resting. The resting it keeps it, it brings me back to uh krishna takis and the sunshine house and how he is just always into the siesta mode and it's like you have to rest in the afternoon you go sleep and he always he always goes lies down it's certainly in the mediterranean um in the mediterranean culture but it's something that you know in the northern like the more north we get the more it's like power 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 and people just burn themselves out and this is one silver lining of covid thank you covid because you taught many of us how to rest and we need not 
forget. We need to remember to stop and pause and listen. Listen to nature. Take your shoes off. Go walk on the grass. Hug a tree. Watch a sunset. Go back to your frequency of nature. Go back to the Schumann resonance. Go back to always, always being in reciprocity with your environment and understanding what nourishes you in your work, in your family, in your friendships, in even the movies that you choose to watch. What is nourishing you? What kind of schedule for work is nourishing for you? How many hours a day are nourishing for you and feel that your passion and your love? Khalil Gibran used to say, work is love being visible, yeah? This is what work should be, is your love being visible. And we need to come back to what nourishes you and choosing the environment that really makes your flower and your plant and your family tree blossom. Mm. And this is the wisdom of it all. And it starts by taking care of ourselves, knowing how to rest, regenerate and stop, stop and listen. <laughs> this is it, then. Um, this is it. This, is, this yes. is why I came online. Yes, this is it. This is it. This is pure wisdom coming through. Wow, Daniela, thank you so much for the talk. This was very nourishing on all levels. Thank you for the truth, the rawness, the inspiration, the sparks, the crystals, the light. Um, I'm going to post the link to your website and all of your offerings after this, uh, just below this podcast, so people can see what you do and visit. There is Soha Starlight coming up. I highly recommend signing up. It's going to be in July. Registration is open. You will see me there. Can't wait. And um, gonna, I'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna follow you around, my sister. Thank you so much. Closing with a prayer of gratitude. Thank you for all the wisdom that came through. Thank you to our highest beings, beings of light, channeling all this beautiful light. Thank you to our hearts. Thank you everyone who's listening. Thank you to this land. Thank you to the ancestors. Thank you to the earth. Thank you. Gratitude reigns. Gratitude reigns. Gratitude reigns. Thank you. Mm. <laughs> um. thank you sister I love you so much 